0: Welcome to Eat, Drink, Innovate, the podcast about food startups, innovators and entrepreneurs who are making their mark in Australia's dynamic food and beverage industry. The future of food is happening here. Come join Susie White at the table to eat, drink and innovate. Hi everyone, I'm Susie White a product innovation coach, author, and podcaster in the food and beverage industry from Melbourne, Australia. Today, I'm talking with Franziska Iseli. She's the co-founder of Basic Bananas, a marketing agency that helps small businesses around the globe to attract customers and grow through marketing education and mentoring. Their philosophy is that the more you upgrade your marketing knowledge and strategy, the more your business will flourish. In this episode, Franziska walks us through how to create a simple and powerful one page marketing plan that will immediately focus and strengthen your marketing efforts. If you're cynical, fearful, or overthinking your marketing plans, this is the podcast that will get you out of that rut and spur you into action. And in the aftertaste section, I remind you of the key lessons we've learned when deciding why you're in business, what you offer, who your consumer is, and what makes you unique and valuable in satisfying their needs, all of the elements you'll need for a successful marketing plan. Welcome to the podcast today, Franziska.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Susie.
0: It's always great to set the scene and I'm super excited about our discussion today because we're going to talk about marketing and this is something that you and your business know a lot about. Do you want to just tell us first so the listeners know, what's your role and tell us a little bit about what Basic Bananas does?
1: Yeah, of course. And you know I am really excited about this and, and talking to you here because one of my purposes has been for the last 10 years or so has been to make marketing exciting for people and and make it fun and make it especially for business owners make it a little bit part of their passion because initially sometimes businesses go oh you know I I know I have to do marketing but marketing is evil or I don't really like it or I don't get it or I'm getting ripped off and so the purpose of marketing is to be engaging and attractive and intriguing even sometimes and educational the purpose of marketing is never to be sleazy or evil or boring. Yeah, it can be used for evil, you know, it can be used to sell evil things, but I'm sure <laughs> our listeners here are people that are doing good things in the world. So you need marketing to promote what you're doing. So how did this whole thing came about come about? I started a company called Basic Bananas 10 years ago. And Also for the listeners who think I have an accent, (laughs) I guess I do.
0: A beautiful one.
1: (laughs) It's really weird. Sometimes I think I get away with thinking people thinking, "Oh no, you know, she she doesn't have an accent. I have the biggest accent in the world. I've been in Australia for 14 years from Switzerland." (laughs) So, 10 years ago, I started this company called Basic Brands. Before that, I was working in advertising. So did my degrees in Switzerland in, in marketing, and political science, and then ended up working in advertising agencies, doing strategy for larger corporations. And while I was doing that, I realized that there is more to what I can do with what I know when it comes to marketing. And I just sort of, you know, did my thing like normal people, you know, had my career, really good career, good pay, good, good job. It was interesting. And then 11 years ago, suddenly my my dad passed away from a heart attack at the age of 58, really unexpected. And that's when I suddenly realized that I am also mortal. (laughs) And so my question suddenly was, if I was to die right now, would I be happy with what I'm doing with my skills, working in advertising agencies and helping corporations? And I realized that, no, I need to use my skills To make an impact, and where can I make the biggest impact is for small, medium-sized companies that don't have the budget, the money, the resources to work with advertising agencies. And so, we launched a company called Base Bananas in order to fill that gap and in order to educate business owners in how to better promote their businesses. And I'm a huge believer that every business owner needs to at least understand marketing. You don't need to implement everything. You don't need to know exactly all the details of every channel that is available, but you need to at least understand the strategy. How are you going to promote your business? And so that's what we've been doing for 10 years now. It's, it's actually you know, really cool. We, we started in Sydney, just two of us, myself and Christo, my business partner and from there we always had a big vision that we want to help as many people as we can and from there we started in sydney and then we went into different cities around australia to run these programs face to face then we launched in canada about four years ago and then the us two years ago and switzerland finally this year and it's been an amazing journey and i'm just really grateful to see all the stories that come out of people that do our programs we do uh, an annual program where people stay in a program for 12 months to learn how to put together their own marketing machine for their business and the stories that come out of it it's very touching that's what we've been up to for the last (laughs) 10 years or so (laughs)
0: And the fact that you have grown beyond Australia's shores, and as you said, it's such a vibrant business that you're running, tells me of the need that the smaller and medium businesses have to upskill their own marketing um, efforts. And so let's dive into that because I'm a bit of a lover of marketing as well. Because what I liked about your approach is just how hands on and simple and effective you make it, and you demystify marketing because it can be a bit terrifying, and I feel like people avoid it. they either just say well i'm I'm doing my Instagram posts or I've got a Facebook page, surely that's me marketing and I'd love to get your take on it, and how maybe some of our listeners might develop their own marketing plans in a really simple way.
1: yeah, totally, and I agree, you know sometimes people make marketing sound really difficult or really challenging to do but one of the things that we definitely focus on here is giving very practical frameworks and methodologies that people can work with and apply it doesn't matter if you have zero experience in marketing or even if you hate it we convert people <laughs> into lovers of marketing <laughs> i just remembering i had one guy years ago a mechanic young guy he came into one of our workshops the blast of workshop and he really didn't like marketing somebody sent him they said look You need to go, his name is Danny. You need to go and do something. Otherwise you're never gonna move out of your workshop. He was living in his workshop at the time. So he came and we converted him into a marketing lover and now five, six years later he's got two workshops and he's just launched a video public video that he shared for his customers talking about how he loves marketing and how marketing has helped him to get to where he is now. So what I wanna give now our listeners, if that's cool, is a very practical framework. That they can apply to their own businesses. And it's one of our frameworks that we use internally and also for people that come to our sessions. And it's the one page marketing plan. So if you're cool with that, we could maybe walk through that.
0: I'd love to. And let's start by saying why one page? Why not 40 pages?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, 40 pages might be okay if you're looking for investment or you know, if, if that's maybe the starting point when you just start a new business. But the thing with marketing is that the channels change so quickly and what we have available now, the tools change so quickly because of technology and because of the economy changing, our market changing. So if we do 40 pages, you know, it's sort of what you sometimes learn in, in school or university. You spend so much time on that and then five minutes later, it's outdated. And you also probably never look at it again. If we just have one page and we revisit this one pager every quarter, we actually do this with every one of our businesses every quarter. We look at the one pager, we look at, are we still on track? Are we attracting the right customers? Are we positioned in the right way? Are we using the right strategies? And it's just a very simple way to stay focused and to have clarity.
0: Terrific. Tell us what's on that page. It's got to be a pretty powerful page if it's all there in one spot.
1: Yeah, very powerful. And we can also make the template available to your listeners if if we want. We can just make it a, a downloadable maybe.
0: I think they would love that.
1: Awesome. So, so there are four elements. The first element of your page, of your plan and your business is really to to go back and think about the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? What's the core of this business? And this is sort of a, a blend of what Simon Sinek talks about He's a leadership consultant in the US and he talks about that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. He talks in terms of leadership, this applies also to marketing. So think about what's the why in your business? What's the core? I I like to sort of blend it into a purpose statement almost. Why are you doing what you're doing? So for example, recently we had somebody walked in. She was a kinesiologist and so she walked in and said, Hey, I'm a kinesiologist. So that's the what that's the what. What she does is kinesiology. But that's not really what drives people to work with her. So what's the why of a kinesiologist would be she figured out in the session that her why is actually to help people find out what's wrong in their body so they can have more energy, more motivation, and less stress. That's the why. It's the outcome. So I think in terms what business are you in? So For us, our what is marketing education, but our why, why are we doing what we're doing is for our businesses that we work with to have a better lifestyle, for our businesses to be able to spend time with their families and not be a slave of their own business, for our businesses to have more cash, to do the stuff that they want to do in their spare time, for example. So think about what's the why, for example, for a bookkeeper, the what is bookkeeping, the why is peace of mind giving their customers, their clients peace of mind, control over their numbers, et cetera. So when you change from and get clarity on the why in your business, your marketing just becomes so much more powerful. The messaging, focusing on the why, the outcome is a lot more intriguing, emotional and attractive than just spending time only on the what of what you do. So that's the first element. That's probably the one that will take the most thinking and pondering, but it's something that you need to keep thinking about. Why are people coming to you? What do they really want?
0: And I guess, Francisco, that forces you, doesn't it, to not just keep pushing and talking only at your particular product or service level, which we're all guilty of.
1: Yeah, exactly. The second element now is who you are providing the why to. So you need to get clarity. And, you know, a lot of people say, but don't you need to go with the who first and then the why? You can do it either way. I like to build businesses that you are really connected to rather than, again, if you start with the who, which is not a bad way to go about. But for me personally, I find if I start with the customer and then I think about the why, then I might come up with a why that I'm not that connected to. So I'd rather actually figure out what do I want to provide? What, what am I good at? Where can I add value? And then I will find the right people that want that. And that might depend on which segment of the market I'm going for. You know, for, for me, when I left corporate advertising, my why was to make an impact through marketing to educate people so that they have better lifestyles. Now, I could have chosen small business owners to help them like we do now or corporations people in, that work in corporations, marketing managers, etc. But because I knew what I wanted to do, which is lifestyle, people that can make quick decisions, I chose the small business owners because they're, for me, more fun to work with. So second element is the who. Now here you get clarity on who are you going to work with. Who And, and a few questions here I might give you to answer this who, who question is, where can you add the most value? So to which demographic, to which audience can you add the most value? And secondly, also, who do you enjoy working with? And thirdly, can these people afford your solution? Because let me give you an example of where the third question might not be answered as yes. So one of our Clever Bunch members in one of our programs, he's a consultant, and he said, I would really love to work with young adolescents and help them find their feet and help them find their purpose. Now, that's what makes him happy. That's where he can add a lot of value, but will they pay for his services? Possibly not. So what he can do instead is find a demographic that can afford his consulting, and then he can still have a part of his business will be working with adolescents, but it might be in a sort of a pro bono way where they don't have to pay or only have to pay a little bit. And by the way, Businesses may have and often do have more than one market, but you have to segment those demographics if you put them all in the one bucket, it will be really hard to get cut through with your marketing. so you have to be super specific on those small segments of your audience and then you look at one demographic, let's say you are let's say you have a shoe shop a shoe store, and one of your demographics are the corporate women you know, earning a high level salary and they're aged between 25 and 40. Now, once you have that segment, you now, you've got to think about two things. One is demographics. Demographics are what most people do. That's sort of what you, most businesses stop there. Usually that's, you know, are they male, female, where do they live? Do they belong to any associations? What do they buy? And what, do they have kids? Are they married, et cetera. And then the thing that you need to do next, which is what most businesses don't do, is you also need to look into the psychographics. And psychographics are emotional triggers. So you need to figure out what are their emotional triggers, what do they desire, and what are they frustrated about? So in the case of the shoe store, for example, what do they desire? They want to look hot. They want to impress their their peers. They want to... Also, maybe be a little bit comfortable. <laughs> so think about what do they want? What are their frustrations? Their frustrations might be that they can't find any shoes that are unique because everyone is wearing the same thing in their offices. They want to stand out a little bit, but not too much. So think about all these things. What are their desires? What are their frustrations in relation to your product or your service? So that's the who.
0: On that who, I'm just thinking, particularly for the smaller and medium businesses, this is not information that they need to necessarily go and buy or do a huge research study on. This is something they can find out for themselves. Would you recommend they go talk to people who are currently buying their product and and just ask them a few questions to to really narrow down on this?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. And I agree. You don't need to buy this data. And you definitely don't need to do focus groups. I don't believe in that. I do believe in what you suggest, which is talk to people. And you can do that either, depending on your type of business, you either do that face to face because you're talking to your customers anyway, or you might even do a survey. You can do a survey using a tool like SurveyMonkey, and you can ask a few questions like, why do you love working with us? Or why do you love shopping with us? And what is one thing we can do better? Or, or what what is one reason that you chose us in the beginning and you will find out why they came to you and that data is really really valuable so i definitely highly recommend continuously keep your keep your fingers on the pulse even for us at basic minds we are now a lot bigger than in the beginning we have 31 team members and and i'm a lot more removed from working with all the businesses so every now and then i have to remind myself hey Get back in there, run the sessions, talk to people, because that gives me a lot of insights in what people need and the needs have changed from 10 years ago. So keep your fingers on the pulse and always talk to your customers and and just be curious.
0: All right. So we've got our, what's my reason why? Why am I in business and what am I delivering and who am I doing that for? Who's my, my key target or my key customer? What's left on our one page marketing plan?
1: We have two more things. So the third piece now is differentiation, your uniqueness. So the third thing you need to think about is what differentiates you in the market? What is different about you compared to other solutions for your audience? So a good question to ask about is what is something that you can do that sets you apart from your competitors? And another you know, question we always say is think about how can you become talk aboutable. How can you do things that are so amazing and impressive and blows your customers' minds that you become talkaboutable, that they talk about you in a positive light and they share you and your business and also your branding. So part of the third part, the differentiation is also your branding. Is your branding reflective of your brilliance? Is your branding professional? A lot of businesses think that branding is just a bit of a hoax. It's not branding is important, and branding will really shape your perception in the market. So, also another question to ask here is: How do you want to be perceived? How do you want to be perceived? What do you want people to think about you when they see your brand and work with you? And this part is all about positioning your business in the market. And these first three elements: so the the why, the the who, the audiences, and then the differentiation. You need to do these three elements first before you now, the last part of the plan of course is one of the most important items on the plan but the one that it needs to come after the first three is selecting your marketing channels so what most people do is they just go okay let's create a plan let's just go pick some channels let's do facebook advertising let's increase our traffic on our website by doing some google ads etc that's great but you need to first have clarity on the why, the who, and the differentiation. And then once you've got that clarity, you are then able to select the right channels. So the fourth part of this plan is your marketing, your actual marketing channels. How are you going to attract people? And there are so many different avenues out there now. So you really only need to pick the ones where your audiences are hanging out. So if say you are targeting, let's talk about the shoe business, let's say you're targeting women aged between 25 and 40, where do they hang out? Where can you find them? You can definitely find them on Instagram. You probably could do Google advertising. You could also do remarketing where they come to your website and you follow them around with the shoes that they have looked at. You might even do a collaboration with other businesses that target a similar audience. You might even do, if you have a physical store where people come in, you might do some VIP events if it's a higher end shoe store where you maybe get some, I don't know, makeup artists or anyone to come in and do some talk on how to also look good and how to put on the right makeup or styling or anything like that. So depending on who you want to attract, you then choose the right channels.
0: It's time for a quick break now to thank our sponsor. When we come back, you'll hear from Francisca at Basic Bananas how to choose the right marketing channels for your food and beverage business. I'd like to say a quick thanks to today's sponsor who helped make this podcast possible, the Monash Food Innovation Centre. They can help you fast track and de-risk your new products in the Australian market or export markets like China. Did you know that only one in 10 food and beverage products survive the first year of launch that means nine out of ten fail if you'd like to be one of those businesses that gets it right then the Monash Food Innovation Center can help it has cutting-edge technologies product development services and runs capability workshops to upskill business owners and employees in the art and science of food innovation whether you're a food startup or a large corporation, check them out at www.foodinnovationcenter.com and see how they can help grow your business through innovation. Welcome back. We've heard from Franziska Iseli at Basic Bananas about how to complete an action focused one page marketing plan which details why you're in business, what you offer, who is your consumer. And what makes you different in satisfying their needs? And we just touched on the part of the plan that most people leap to first—that is, choosing the marketing channels to focus on. And so I asked Franziska, "What if you simply don't know what the right marketing channels are, and how do you choose them?"
1: So two things here. First thing is, again, talk to your customers and ask them where where do, do they hang out on Facebook? Are they still on, for example? for us in the US basically on the US we started 2 years ago and we used to do a lot of facebook advertising and it worked really really well and then with politics not being that exciting in the US and people getting really tired of all the stuff on facebook that is just boring them now facebook is not really our channel so much anymore in the US but instagram is for example so you just got to again ask your customers where do they hang out first thing number two test test these channels because we wouldn't really know, you know, we might think actually, you know, Instagram is a really good channel or Twitter, you know, let say, Hey, in the U S Twitter is still a thing, but unless we test it, we don't know. So when you test those channels, you might have to put a little bit of money behind them, depending on what avenues you're using and don't give up too early because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for you to get the right angle, the right copy, the right imagery to attract those people. So Just test, and you know, one of the things that I'd like to also leave the audience with is make sure that you're not reliant on just one channel. You want to have a multi-channel approach. What that means is that you don't just want to be reliant on only one marketing strategy, because if that one strategy, like let's say if we only do Facebook advertising, and then suddenly our audience is not there anymore, or Facebook changes their algorithms, which they do quite frequently, Suddenly, our business doesn't have any customers coming in anymore. So we don't want to rely only on one avenue. We want to have as many, I call them doors. We basically want to open as many doors as we possibly can for customers
0: to come through. And I love that recommendation then about test your way into it because it takes the pressure off. I don't think anyone knows the perfect marketing channel for their audience. They might have some really good feedback or a hypothesis. of Well, they've told me this, but they've also told me that. And that way, it lets them test their way through and see what works. And on that point, how would they know if their marketing efforts have worked? I mean, should they try and measure it in any way?
1: Yeah, you know, marketing, I say marketing is sort of a mixture between psychology and it's also very scientific it's a science and a big part is psychology because you have to understand your audience and then you have to understand how to talk to them but it's also very scientific in that you can measure most of these channels so if you're using any of the paid avenues like all social platforms you can track exactly how many people are coming to you so you can track those conversions and then if if you just want to keep it super simple And depending on your business, if you can get into the analytics and you have all that set up, that I definitely recommend that. But it depends on on your business again. But for a lot of our businesses that we work with, we also tell them, hey, just have an Excel spreadsheet and then just look at put all the channels that you're using, whether that is a collaboration, whether that is a direct mail, whether it is Facebook advertising or any other channels you're using, maybe speaking at an event, and then just ask as many customers as you can where they found you. And this way you can see. You can see in a very simple way, where do they come from? So you can track it. Now, for example, we, we had some bus ads running in in Sydney behind the bus. And that is sometimes a little bit more awareness marketing, which I don't recommend if you have a small budget. But for, for that to be trackable, it's a little bit harder. So sometimes you may be doing strategy and you might think oh that didn't really work you know like me speaking at this event i didn't get any leads however they might see you at an event where you're speaking and then they see you on facebook and then they take action or they might see you your collaboration with someone and then they see an advertisement on google and then they are ready to come to you so it's not always directly trackable but more or less you can you can feel it you can you by asking questions by asking where do you come from and then you can roughly see hey is this working or not
0: yes and I think you raised a really good point there too the different outputs can be different some are just purely awareness generating of your business of your brand what you stand for and some truly are revenue I sold something to this customer and not to confuse the fact that marketing does both those jobs and different channels and different mechanisms might do either one of those two things.
1: Yeah, I agree. And preferably as a small business, you do want to focus mainly on the direct marketing side. You know, it's trackable. They're both great, amazing, it's working. But every now and then, you know, you do have things out there, like when you produce content or you might be on YouTube sharing your tips or, you know, any other channel. Those are a little bit more awareness sometimes. And that's also good. I wouldn't spend a ton of money if there is no budget on sort of above the line marketing, above the line marketing is like radio ads, TV ads, bus, et cetera, outdoor ads. You wouldn't spend that money if you don't have it just yet. So focus on the more niche targeted campaigns. And one last point, because you, I think you mentioned it before, you said how, yeah, you can, you know, just test it, test what's working. You know, sometimes here, even at Basic Bananas, sometimes I, every Monday I sit down with our marketing manager and we look at what do we need to do for the week you know where where do we have campaigns coming up in which countries which cities and sometimes we have this great idea we're like hey let's do this you know let's do a video and let's have this message and let's do this educational piece of content and we're like yes this is a great idea and then we launch it and we get crickets (laughs) and then sometimes and this is after 10 years of being in marketing and then sometimes we're like yeah this this is kind of a good idea let's try it let's just test it you know sometimes sometimes one of us comes up with an idea and it's like yeah okay i'm not completely sold on it but i guess let's just test it and it's just like wow this actually really works so you know even after 10 years of doing this every day and and working with people i always still say come up with different ideas and test them all because sometimes what you think is your best idea might not be what the market is responding to. And then go with one or two of the ones that seem to be working really well.
0: Terrific. And I think as business owners, we all love creating things. That's why we created and built and are running our own businesses. So this gives you the opportunity to do that. Come up with new ideas, create them, execute them, test them. Now, you did touch on how much people should spend or where they should focus their marketing spend. Do you provide any guidelines, particularly for the small and medium businesses, about how much time or effort should they spend on their marketing plan?
1: Yeah. you know, I think it always depends on how much you need to grow and what stage of the business you're in. Often, in the beginning, if you don't have any marketing set up yet, if you don't have a marketing machine with different campaigns and different funnels it will take you longer so you definitely need to spend i would say at least half a day maybe even a day a week to set up your marketing once you've got all the funnel set up and you've got a system you've got your your structure you might then just tweak it and just spend one or two hours a week on your marketing and then if you launch into a new Market or you have new products coming in, you might spend more time. So, for me personally, the one thing I would recommend is to be really proactive with your marketing. So, for me personally, I spend Monday lunchtime with our marketing manager to look at what needs to happen. And then she goes and does it. Then, if we launch into a new market, when we did Switzerland, when we launched there, I had in my calendar blocked out an hour every single day to work on it with her. So, it depends a little bit how far you need to go and how fast you need to go. For our Clever Bunch members in our program, we always tell them at least one, two, three hours a week they need to have to implement what they're learning in the program. And then hopefully they will make that a habit and continuously, proactively work on their marketing.
0: Okay. And that's a great lead into how do you offer to help small businesses or medium businesses in this area? What are are some of your programs? Would you mind talking us through those?
1: Yeah, sure. There are two ways that we work with businesses. If they are in any of the cities where we run the workshops around the countries I mentioned before, we run face-to-face sessions and we actually have a half-day session for people to first come and see how we work. Do they like us? Do they like our approach? And they come in for half a day. It's called the Blastoff Marketing Workshop. And it's a sort of a session where they come in and they fill in this one-page marketing plan together for three and a half hours with us. So we do it together in a in a group environment. So if they want to come to that in the cities where we are, they can just email info at com and then just let us know that they come from your podcast. And then for people that don't live in those cities, I highly recommend doing some of our free training first, again, just to see how, how they like us. And the best place to go is just go to basicbananas.com. And there are a few free resources on there that, that you can use. And then if they want to do a program we also have an online program which is called the marketing smarts and it's an online program it goes for 14 weeks and it steps people through 14 modules to build that marketing machine and that link is the dot so those are two options face to face come and if you if you listen to this show with Susie, you can come for free email info at com. if you are online or you prefer an online program then Check out themarketingsmarts.com.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Francisca. It's been great hearing about you, about basic bananas, what you do. And thank you so much for all those offers for the listeners and making it really practical and easy for them to literally stop listening and get that one page marketing plan and start building their own beautiful marketing strategies and campaigns to grow their own business. So thanks for your time today.
1: You are so welcome, Susie. Thank you for what you're doing here.
0: Aftertaste, the sweet taste of success. Thanks for sticking around. This is the part of the podcast when I think back on my chat with Franziska Iseli at Basic Bananas and reflect on what we learned today. And I took away three key learnings when developing your one-page marketing plan. Lesson one, start with your reason why. This will ensure you remain engaged and motivated in what you're offering and why you're doing it. If your reason for being in business is just to crush the competition and make as much profit as possible, you've kind of missed the point of this exercise. Don't get me wrong, cash flow and revenue growth is important, but that's a measure of business success. Your reason why or your company vision is usually to deliver a higher order benefit. Like making the world a healthier place or bringing joy to others. By focusing on this reason why, you'll attract like minded employees, clients, and projects. Plus, it will really help you direct your decision making and ensure that your marketing plans are aligned with achieving your vision. Lesson number two don't forget to link your product offer to your reason why. It should be a really clear flow of why you're doing what you're doing and what you're offering. This is the part we're all much more familiar with. Are you offering delicious, high-quality gourmet sandwiches, or quick and convenient snack bars on the go? Being clear on what you offer and the benefits of that will make it so much easier to determine your ideal customer who wants to buy this from you. And that leads us nicely to lesson number three, Specificity is your friend when deciding which consumers you most want to target with your product and who you'll be focusing your marketing efforts on. You can't please everyone with your product and you absolutely can't reach them with your marketing efforts. So, do a lot with a little. Choose a specific demographic target that is, choose the age, gender, life stage, and physical location of your preferred buyers and then overlay this with their sociographics. That is their lifestyle choices. What are they interested in? What are their attitudes, their behaviors and beliefs? This will help you zero in on a clear and reachable consumer target that will strengthen and focus your choice of the marketing channels you'll use and the messages you create. Well, that's it for this episode. Many thanks again to my guest today, Franziska Iseli from Basic Bananas for sharing their one-page marketing plan with us. If you'd like to download the marketing plan template to complete it for yourself, just click on the free download link in this podcast's show notes. Or if you think you might need a little more help with this, then you can also participate in one of the many blast-off half-day marketing workshops run by Basic Bananas simply click on the website link in the show notes. And don't forget to mention the Eat Drink Innovate podcast so you can attend for free. Well, it doesn't get much better than that. There really is no excuse not to fire up your marketing efforts straight away. And of course, I'd love to hear from you on this topic. Are you stuck for marketing inspiration? Or have you had a major win through a new channel that you hadn't tried before? you can give me a call on the Eat, Drink, Innovate podcast hotline. It's 613 823 and leave me a voicemail message. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to subscribe, tell a friend and join me for the next episode to eat, drink and innovate. Do you have any suggestions about successful food or beverage entrepreneurs and innovators in Australia that you think Susie should be talking to? You can get in touch with her at eatdrinkinnovate.com.au forward slash podcast and find all the show note links and innovation resources there too. And if you like this podcast, please help others discover it by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from.